Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, it's Dr. Will Cole. This podcast is the manifesto for a new breed of health seekers. This is the art of being well. What's up everyone, it's Dr. Will Cole and welcome to the art of being well. I am a leading functional medicine expert. I get to consult people around the world via webcam I started one of the first functional medicine telehealth centers in the world over a decade ago, and I'm a New York Times bestselling author. I wrote Intuitive Fasting, which is my newest book, and The Inflammation Spectrum, which is newly in paperbacks. Check out The Inflammation Spectrum and Ketotarian. If you want to learn more about my clinical work with patients, the telehealth center, the books, and there's lots of free healthy stuff there as well, you can check it all out at drwillcole.com. That's D-R-W-I-L-L-C-O-L-E.com. All right, let's get to today's guest. Her name is Dr. Janine Kraft. I freaking love this human being. She is brilliant. You all are going to love this conversation. Dr. Janine Kraft is a licensed clinical psychologist turned mental wellness and consciousness coach. After practicing therapy for over a decade, Dr. Kraft felt pulled to exit a limited system to facilitate transformation and healing in a more holistic way. She now incorporates her knowledge and training from clinical psychology, along with neuro-linguistic programming, access consciousness, and other energy psychology tools. You're going to learn all about it in today's conversation. Dr. Kraft also loves to create short-form educational video content, for her combined audience of more than 750,000 followers and counting. It's going to be even more in the next couple of months, I'm sure. Followers that are between TikTok and Instagram. She currently works with clients around the globe virtually and creates online courses. She is passionate about empowering folks to heal and to know what they know. And be sure to stay tuned through the entire conversation because at the end of my combo with Dr. Kraft, I answer another one of your burning health questions in an Ask Me Anything. All right. This is Dr. Janine Kraft's Art of Being Well. Dr. Janine Kraft. What the heck? I can't believe this is finally happening. No, I feel like we've known each other from afar for quite a while. And now it's like, two worlds are coming together or something. It's official. It's yeah. official. You're on the pod. So I want to dig into your work and I want to get really deep for the people. I want them to understand the beautiful work that you're doing and things that they can take home today right now to start improving their life. But I think I want, I have to start with just an overview of some basic things we're going to dig into that I think without defining it could leave some people wondering what it is. So these are big definitions, but to the best of your ability, how would you describe consciousness for people and energy? These are two terms that I want to talk about today. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Starting out right out of the park. Yeah. Um, for me, I, okay. 
I love the definition, actually, this modality access consciousness gives consciousness, which is consciousness includes everything and judges nothing, Mm. which means we have to include everything into our awareness. What are we perceiving, sensing, being, knowing? So all energy that's coming in at any given time, right? Anything that we go into resistance and reaction, it blocks what can come in. And so that's kind of how I describe consciousness because it is super abstract and hard to, you know, kind Mm -hmm. of just tangibly talk about energy for me is, hmm, that's a good one. I mean, we are energetic beings at our core. And so really a lot of what I'm teaching folks is what I call energy fluency or being able to read the energy of a situation situation. So just because someone is saying something, what are they really saying? So even if they're talking about something, I'll call them out and say, hey, what is that? Like, what's under there? What's really going on? Mm -hmm. Just to snap their awareness to the present moment, right? And so in that process, they're starting to build their consciousness to Mm -hmm. present moment. I think this is this idea of waking up, so to speak, which is waking up to just greater and greater levels of consciousness. Mm -hmm. That's my kind of overall. I love that. So so let's bring it home to real life, like the type of clients that you're seeing, the the people that you have seen over the years and the people that I'm seeing too. And we've talked a little bit on this show about how, and I, when I'm trying to get out to people that the message is this problem that I, we have in the West of separating mental health from physical health, that mental health is physical health. Yes. And can you elaborate on that from your experience, what you've seen and how this concept of consciousness and energy, how it impacts our physical health? Yeah, absolutely. Well, so I spent a large part of my career when I was functioning as a clinical psychologist working with veterans. And, you know, of course, they saw a ton of complex trauma. And along with that was a lot of medical issues, chronic autoimmune issues, GI issues, just ongoing chronic fatigue, chronic pain, where there was just no real root that doctors could come to. Mm-hmm. And so over and over again, after seeing that, I realized, we, like you said, we really can't separate them. They're just mm-hmm. deeply interconnected. So for me, you know, of course we have to, you know, treat symptoms on the surface, but the root is really energy. It's always going to start with energy. So is it stagnant energy in the body from unprocessed trauma? Is it some sort of negative thought pattern that is really not empowering the person? What is it? And so that's what I'm seeking to help folks understand is Mm -hmm. what's going on unconsciously that may be contributing to the physical symptoms when they come see you or something to that effect. So you talk about releasing this trapped trauma and trapped emotions. How does, how does one know And maybe they've gone to therapy, they think, I'm good, I've worked through that, but they're still struggling with maybe physical health issues or anxiety or panic attacks. And and this could be a facet that they haven't fully dealt with. Can you talk about how someone knows if they haven't fully released these past issues? Yeah, for me, it comes down to a dysregulated nervous system. I mean, really, ultimately. And so that might look like feeling unable to relax, constantly on edge, insomnia, fidgety, troubled, this, you know, saying focused, all those sorts of things. And so that could be an indication that people, you know, still have trapped emotions, trapped trauma in the body. And really what I'm helping folks do is to be able to, you know, regulate their nervous system on command. Right. It's like it's natural for us to go into a fight or flight response, a stress response to keep us safe. And when we have a really toned bagel, bagel nervous system in place, then we're able to come back to a parasympathetic state with more ease. So what's that work look like? What are your, what are some of the things that you have people do that you found very effective at regulating their nervous system? Yeah. So I'll teach people breath work or emotion freedom technique tapping. I do a lot of dancing videos as I'm sure you see on IGTV. I love it, but it's for the Um, purpose. We're not just dancing, even though there's no, exactly. I mean, yeah, exactly. Really inspired by Dr. Peter Levine's work, you know, showing how animals re-regulate from a traumatic response. Now, you know, animals are exposed to trauma 
every day of their lives, like life or death situations. And what he found is that in order to re-regulate, they did some sort of tremor in their body or shook it off and then like changed their breathing. So some sort of change in breathing response. And so really us being able to literally shake that energy out of their bodies can be so helpful to come back to that calm state. Mm. And really what I encourage folks to do is don't just do it when you're already stressed because mm. now your baseline has activated and you're really only bringing yourself back to where you normally reside. I encourage folks to do this when they're already calm so you can retrain the body to become, you know, able to relax to a deeper and deeper level. Beautiful. Patients will often ask me as well as people on social media, what healthy snacks I recommend. And if you know me any length of time, you know something that I've talked about at length over the years are the grass-fed beef sticks from my friends at Paleo Valley. They are high quality, 100% grass-fed and grass-finished meat from domestic regenerative farms. These grass-fed beef sticks are a gut-healthy snack because most meat snacks can upset your stomach or really disrupt healthy digestion likely due to the inflammatory side effects of something called encapsulated citric acid, which is used in a lot of conventional meat stick products. Instead, what Paleo Valley does, I, I love this, is that they are naturally fermented, which creates probiotics for a balanced, healthy gut and eased digestion. Paleo Valley beef sticks are free of hydrogenated oils, also making it one of the healthiest meat snacks on the market. They have delicious flavors. They have jalapeno, they have summer sausage, they have original, they have teriyaki, so freaking good. My favorite has to be the jalapeno. And then teriyaki is sweetened with just honey, uh, very clean ingredients across the board. And the jalapeno has real bits of jalapeno in it. So freaking good. Head on over to paleovalley.com and enter code Dr. Will at checkout. That's D-R-W-I-L-L. Dr. Will at checkout for 15% off your first order. Again, that's paleovalley.com. Enter code Dr. Will at checkout for 15% off your first order. Our next partner has a product I've loved for years. Athletic Greens is something that I recommend to patients because it's convenient, it's nutrient-dense, and it just does so much to support our health. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy levels, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free. It also contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything, while still tasting really good. A thing that my patients also love about it is that it supports better sleep quality and recovery. AG1 is a small micro habit with big benefits for your health. It's one thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop in a cup of water every day, that's all you have to do. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash willcole. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash willcole to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Life is all about those pivotal moments, those big life changes when we ask ourselves, why didn't somebody tell me this? I'm TV host and journalist, Abby Huntsman. My best pal, comedy writer, and media producer, Lauren Leeds and I are going to bring you conversations with some of the most impactful people of our time to learn their life lessons. We'll pull back the curtain on their biggest transitions, how their reality is probably far less perfect than it might appear. And of course, what they wish somebody had told them back when. 
check out I Wish Somebody Told Me anywhere you listen to podcasts. We release new episodes every week. So we should be making these practices a daily practice, would you say? And then how long, is there a, is there a method to the dancing? Is it just free flow? What's, what's it look like? What are the details? So for sure, daily practice, absolutely. And yeah, I mean, it just depends on where you're at that day. So sometimes one song is just enough. Sometimes I'll just jump up in between clients and like shake it out or something. If I'm feeling really dysregulated, then you know what, maybe like, 15, 30 minutes is what's required. So I have like a whole Spotify playlist for people to tune into if they need some inspo. How do we find it? I I don't use Spotify. I'm an old man, but how how do I? (laughs) Okay. So it's just um, the link in my bio on Instagram down at the bottom. There's links to a dance party list and an angsty list. So if you're not feeling too excited to jump around, you just kind of want to groove a little bit just to inspire the movement. And it's been so helpful. I mean, I hear clients even say, Hey, I got my whole family involved and now it's just a really nice bonding experience. And I'm teaching kids to re-regulate as well. And so it's just so amazing to hear. It's amazing. So how, how long should people do? You said mentioned one song minimum, like what's the the average time that people should be doing a day to have this to be really effective? I mean, it really depends on the person. Like I'll say 10, 15 minutes is like kind of a general rule of thumb, but I will tell people like, cause this is all about what I'm teaching people to tune in back to their awareness and what they know. And so I'll ask them, okay, well, what sounds like a light amount of time for you to choose what's going to create the most for you because then they have to tap into their awareness it forces them back to get present with mm-hmm. their bodies and so that they can tune in to what they require mm, beautiful so going back to the science real fast you mentioned the researchers work can you talk a little bit more about what we're, we're getting into this dancing we're doing we're doing this as a therapy for our our body our immune system and letting this 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 pent up trapped trauma, trapped emotions, what's actually happening on, on a physiological level? Physiologically. Yeah. I mean, I mean, my understanding is that I really do resonate with polyvagal theory as well. And how like doing these things such as breath work or even singing actually can Mm -hmm. like tone our vagus nerve. And when we have a toned vagus nerve, we're able to just re-regulate with more ease, right? Our body is able to more efficiently, more effectively re-regulate back to a relaxed state, a socially engaged state. And so we really are affecting our bodies at a physiological level mm-hmm. by being able to release this energy. Makes complete sense. I mean, we're talking about the powerful implication of vagal tone. I mean, it's so true with, with my patient, my people, of people with autoimmunity and different inflammatory problems and dysregulated autonomic nervous systems. This is it, it. It falls in completely alignment with what I'm doing on a on a functional medicine level, and that's why I think that's why I send patients to you. I think the work that you're doing is beautiful. How long? Obviously, every case is different. I know this, but the average person, if they start doing these techniques and get the playlists on your Spotify and look at the videos that you're putting out there, and you have you're you're seeing people in a group a group model and and one on one as well, so yeah. people can work with you. How long should people like, expect to say, okay, I'm, I'm noticing a difference. I'm really, and what can they notice? What are the things that people can notice? Yeah, sure. Well, you know, gosh, with the dancing, folks will say, I just did it one time and I felt so much better. So I think that is really, you know, reinforcing for folks when they just get that immediate gratification versus for instance, like the research with meditation suggests that folks need to do it for 20 minutes a day for eight weeks before there's actual structural changes in the brain. And so that's where, you know, people can choose to have change immediate immediately if they start dancing something to that effect. And let's say to make it sustainable, to really recalibrate the nervous system, maybe we're talking one to two months of really consistent work. Mm -hmm. And so being patient with that and just choosing something consistently can be so helpful, even if it's five minutes a day, you know, Mm -hmm. something that's really doable because then likely people will do it longer when they're in the groove of it. Mm -hmm. So something that I saw you talk about on social media that you're teaching me so much about, and I actually don't, I still don't know much about it. And I'm so excited to learn along with everybody else here about 
running the bars. Tell me about running the bars. I want to learn all about it. Get granular with us. I I know the people that listen to this podcast are going to love this stuff. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad you brought that up. So this is from a modality called access consciousness. It's like something I found back in 2016. And it literally is the thing that kind of woke me up, like kind of out of the traditional clinical psychology system. So running your bars is basically having someone lightly touch 32 points on your head. And it creates an electromagnetic bar to release thoughts, feelings, emotions, traumas, all sorts of stuff from this time, this lifetime. And potential possible past lifetimes. And all I know is that afterwards, I just felt the clearest I had ever felt. I tell folks, it's like, have you seen Twilight before? Are you familiar with the movie series? Yeah, I know. Okay. Okay, So when Bella turns into a vampire and all of a sudden she can just see everything with such precision, she's so aware, she's so conscious, all these things. That's literally how I felt the first time I had it done. Wow is this? I need to check this out. And so that led me into access consciousness, which again, it's this whole modality of different body processes, like energetic tools. They use a lot of quantum linguistics. So to help just people get out of the energetic jail cell of problems they're putting themselves in. And then there's just all these sorts of tools. And it's literally just, it's the one thing that's created the most change for me and created the most space for my clients as well. So do you have to go to a practitioner or are you doing yeah. this yourself? You, can you be self-taught? And what's the details of that? Yeah. So ideally you go to a practitioner, um, do it in person. So it's not a remote type thing. You can run bars on yourself. You can do the body processes on yourself. However, they say it's just much more powerful when you have someone else do it because there's this whole gifting and receiving thing going on that energetically just creates so much more. And so I actually do trades regularly, probably weekly here um, in Austin to just create that space for myself. Mm-hmm. Wow. So how long does that treatment, like a typical session of running the bars, what does that look like? Yeah, it's about 60 to 90 minutes. So, and they say that, you know, the creators of this modality say, you know, the worst case, you'll feel like you had a great massage afterwards, best case scenario, it changed your life. And it, and truly no exaggeration, it did change my life. Wow. So I'm a big proponent of it. I really encourage literally all my clients to find someone in their area to have is, done. Is there a directory people can look into for that? Yeah. Yeah. So you can go to accessconsciousness.com, search for facilitators in your area. I mean, they are in countries all over the world. So likely people can find someone near them. Awesome. And is this uh, something you mentioned retreats in Austin as well? Are you t- doing this in groups for people as well? So I just do it personally for my own, you know, I just found a local group of other uh, facilitators. And so we just trade just, you know, on the weekends and whatnot, everyone's like some sort of healer doing their own thing. So it's not something I'm necessarily providing, but just doing yeah. trades for myself. Got it. Right this now. is what you do on your weekends, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I do more health stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, let's talk about something within the this concept that you talked about is potentially past lifetimes, which can yeah. be... For some people, that's out there, right? But if you look at the research of what different universities are doing, different research institutes are looking at this concept of consciousness, there's a lot of things we don't know. There's really unexplainable things that people can say when it comes to past lives. I mean, what's been your view coming from more of a conventional side, training-wise, in opening your mind to the potential of this concept of past lives and these more esoteric things? Yeah, totally. Well, I'm familiar, I'm familiar with Dol- Dolores Cannon's work and how she like kind of uh, regressed people through hypnosis and they tended to all come up with similar stories. And so how like her work with past lives. And so it just, you know what, ultimately it comes down, it comes down to that. It's light for me because what I tell folks is what's light for you is true for you. And what's heavy is a lie. And so truth resonates at a different vibrational frequency. And so it's kind of like when someone tells you something you're like, Oh yes, that that's why I didn't have words to, but yes, it like resonates at a soul level. And so when I talk about past lives, it just feels like that's a no brainer. That's light for me. That's true for me. Cause it's creates space and expansion in my world. And so that's where it feels like it's connected to consciousness. I mean, who the heck knows, but for me, it's super light and expansive. That's beautiful. Can you repeat back what you just said that quote, what is light is true for you? Yep. What's light for what is light for you is true for you. And what's heavy is a lie. And so you can literally filter out 
because there, I mean, there's so much noise right now, you know, like on social media and there's so much going on. And so being able to come back to your knowing to trusting you, I mean, that's such a gift, right. Mm -hmm. To be able to filter out all information through that lens alone. Mm -hmm. I haven't talked to you about this before this conversation. So I'm curious to see what you see clinically with clients and patients is I feel like over the past 12 years of seeing people clinically with autoimmune issues and what I have seen over the past few years is the complexity of autoimmune issues is growing and I'm seeing a lot of past trauma stuff and this, this, this concept that we're talking about in these, this conversation is, is growing more complex. And it's these people are doing all the things, quote unquote, that were a generation ago, even just like 10, 20 years ago, worked for many people. They're doing all the things. They're cleaning up their diet. They're doing, they're going to therapy. They feel like they're dealing with stress, all this stuff. And they're still struggling. They're still spinning their wheels. And I'm normally coming in and saying, okay, what's missing? Let's really take it to the next level because they're not getting anywhere. They're stuck at the plateau. Are you seeing that clinically as well? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's interesting that you bring that up because, you know, my sense is too, the more that we put attention to something, the more it grows, right? The more it manifests. And so, you know, although on one hand, something really positive is happening is people are getting really clear, like you said, cleaning up their environment, their diet, everything that's going on and doing the work, yet what is happening here that people are still having this situation go on. So I'm wondering if it's just, there's some sort of like manifestation when there's so much focus on sickness versus Mm. on wellness, you know what Mm. I mean? Because, and it's so hard because when the body is loud and has all these symptoms, it's really hard to put your attention on health. Mm -hmm. I mean, I love a lot of Dr. Joe Dispenza's work and the things he's creating with amazing visualizations and meditations. And that just takes a lot of training. I mean, it's like boot camp for the brain to be able to retrain your brain to focus on the unknown self and unfamiliar self that maybe someone has never experienced. Mm -hmm. My other sense too, is that we just really need to include energy in this process, like energy healing. I really think this is where like health is going, that we're teaching people, what are they aware of? Literally everyone I talk to, I say, Hey, are, do you find yourself sensitive to the energies around you? Oh my gosh. Yes. Do you tend to absorb other people's emotions? Oh my gosh. Yes. I mean, it's just such a common thing, but people aren't taught how aware they are. And so every time they just solidify all that energy in their body, this is my anxiety. This is my depression. I'm like, what are you aware of that you're not acknowledging? Who does this belong to? Just start asking questions to put your attention on the energy, acknowledge it, and it shifts. Yes. That, uh, you're, uh, what you're saying right now is exactly what I'm seeing clinically. More and more people are aware of it, but they're identifying it as their health versus just seeing it this larger energy shifts in their, in their body. And talking, like you said earlier, energy fluency, becoming fluent in energy, which I'll, I'll t- I want to talk about in a moment. But before then... Before that, the, this concept or the word, the idea, we've been talking a lot about it in our culture is this concept of trauma. And we use that word sometimes flippantly, I think, where it's like, what yeah. is trauma and is it relative? Every So is there a good definition for trauma? Do you feel like it's overused sometimes? I mean, what's what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, totally coming from a traditionally evidence-based model, working with veterans, trauma was life-threatening events like that, kind of that in a nutshell. And then I started to see trauma symptoms with folks that didn't have trauma per se. And so then I was starting to really align with this idea of like big T and little t trauma, which means like little t trauma could be chronic criticism or emotional abuse or bullying or whatever. And I was thinking about it today. And I think we're going to ultimately get a, get away from this idea of trauma because everyone's experienced it to some degree. Really. It's like, what is dysregulating your nervous system? What coping mechanisms are you using? And what are you aware of? What's your energy fluency? How are you tuning into that and managing that? Because then ultimately Trauma is kind of irrelevant. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Beautiful. I, I, and I've heard you talk about big T, little T. And I think like you're saying, you're kind of like, this is the language that we're using right now to almost like get away from that because you can't yeah. be living in the world without having some sort of trauma. Every human has experienced some level of, of trauma. 
Yeah. That's where it becomes kind of that like flippant idea where you're saying like, I, I mean, and that I'm doing a little series right now, which is just like, well, this is trauma. This is trauma. This is trauma. Because it's all dysregulating your nervous system. I mean, that's what's coming down to is, yeah. you know, how do we get to a place that we can regulate with ease? Right. And everybody has their own resilience capacity. Some people are yeah. up against, I mean, can you talk a little bit about that? I'm curious to hear is that, you know, we hear some people go through horrible things and they're dysregulated. They're dysregulated nervous system may not be very evident, right? And some people yeah. are against or a lot less by, you know, standards and have very much. And I see this clinically is people have different gene variants. Mm -hmm. People have different methylation variants. People have different set of factors, both genetically and epigenetically that kind of the analogy that I use is that sort of bucket analogy. Some people have massive buckets. They can handle tons of stress, mm -hmm. tons of mm -hmm. trauma, all these things, tons of unhealthy foods, et cetera. And it's going to take a lot for that bucket to overflow. And yeah. some people have smaller buckets and that's, they're going to overflow a little bit easier. Imagine the best sex you've ever had. Come on, try now imagine that it could be even better with products that were designed to naturally enhance sexual pleasure. A company that I love is Foria. Foria is using all natural and plant-based ingredients to intensify sexual pleasure and relieve discomfort. Foria has a serious cult following with tens of thousands of people who have had their sex lives transformed through using their products. And I have to say, when I'm consulting patients, this is something that it's so stigmatized and people like, don't like to talk about it. But the reality is sexual health is an important part for overall health. And I see this really wrecking people's confidence levels, how they feel about themselves, impacting their relationships. This is all interconnected for optimal wellness. A product that my patients love is Foria's arousal oil. Awaken uses CBD and warming sensation inducing organic botanicals that enhance arousal, sensitivity, pleasure, and help with any discomfort. So yes, you have my permission to try this. I fully endorse you to go ahead and treat yourself to more, deeper, fuller pleasure wherever you can find it as often as possible and you can start with the bottle of Foria. Foria is offering a special deal for the Art of Being Well listeners. Get 20% off your first order by visiting foriawellness.com slash Will Cole or use code Will Cole at checkout. That's F-O-R-I-A wellness.com, foriawellness.com forward slash Will Cole for 20% off your first order. I recommend, again, trying the Awaken Arousal Oil. You'll thank me later. I got the sense that you know, people come into this life with, you know, some sort of already personality print with like makes them more, you know, either susceptible to something or more resilient. And then of course we have the environment that's really going to program the system, so to speak, or prime the system to be a certain way. Ultimately, you know, what I see is the mind, the mindset towards it. How are they thinking about it? Right. And if they're in some sort of disempowered stance where they're at effect in life, right, everything is happening to them, then it becomes really hard to change. And so another key thing I work on with folks is turning everything to choice turning things to empowerment because then they have choice to change. Now this comes with a caveat of getting out of judgment, right? Cause if you're in judgment and using that as a weapon against yourself, again, not helpful. So gain out of the right and wrong, but really seeing it as, okay, cool. I'm dealing with this symptom. Now, what could I choose? What could I choose? That's different here. What else is possible for me? How's it get better than this? Because those questions already create space expansion, right? To choose something else, to magnetize something else versus people are going to, oh, this sucks. I have this system. I have this, you know, chronic disease. Well, uh, that just is heavy, heavy, heavy and not going to assist people in moving forward. Well said. So, and, and, and all of these things, we're talking about dysregulated nervous system. Can we repeat again? That's a, there's far reaching implications there. I mean, I want people that are listening to this to know what are examples of a dysregulated nervous system? Oh my gosh. What isn't an yeah, example? Right. <laughs> right. But I want to bring it home to people like, oh, this is somebody yeah. else. Well, no, chances are living in this modern world, the amount of stressors that we have. Yeah. It's a lot of people. It's more people than not. Yes. I'm going to say literally every mental issue 
there's dysregulated nervous system underneath to some degree. If it's anxiety, you know, they're in fight or flight more often. If they go into panic, they might go into freeze mode. If they're depressed, it might be shut down. I mean, this is all dysregulated nervous system. So for me, it's like all mental issues. I would beg to guess that if you went to through all the medical issues physically, there's some sort of dysregulated nervous system as well. Yeah. I mean, it's in my, when, in my teachings, I have a slide uh, in my course that basically just lists, I don't know, like a hundred different things. I'm like, these could all be a dysregulated nervous system at the root. I mean, certainly there's more going on and, you know, I don't want to make it so reductionistic. However, it's a huge component. Mm-hmm. And in my world, people with POTS, people with postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome, people that have fibromyalgia, people that have chronic fatigue syndrome, people that have different autoimmune issues. A lot of this has to do with dysregulated nervous system. People need to realize that, that this connection between mental health and physical health is really is what, exactly what we're talking about right now. And you can't just clean up your diet. You have to do what the other side, because for, I've seen for some people, it's actually a bigger piece of the puzzle for them is to deal with the stuff we're talking in this conversation. Yeah. And the food is like secondary for, for them. Everybody's different, but. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the thing is, if your nervous system is dysregulated, it's going to be really challenging to get in touch with your intuition, to get in touch Mm -hmm. with your awareness, right? Because that information is like a whisper. And if people are too freaked out, they're not going to be able to hear it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's generally where I start with folks is like, okay, well, what is your regime, you know, that you're doing to regulate yourself, to calm yourself? Mm -hmm. Got it. So let's, Let's become energy fluent. What, what are some things that people can start doing today to become more fluent in energy? Yeah, absolutely. So all these tools are access consciousness. So the first one is stay in question, stay in question, literally train yourself to be in question because question empowers you and creates possibilities versus mm. conclusions are limitations, right? If you think of Think of it as if we're always manifesting at any given moment. If I come to a conclusion about something, that is all that can come to my awareness, right? So questions mm-hmm. include everything. So a really helpful question of any time you're going into anxiety, depression, some sort of thought process, ask yourself, who does this belong to? And you're not looking to figure it out who it is. Oh, it's my mom, or this is like some friend or whatever. (laughs) You're just looking to acknowledge the energy. And already you're telling the universe, Hey, I don't buy this as mine. I'm aware of something creates space. Right. And so now I'm empowered to do something about it. Oh, if it gets lighter, cool. Can I just return to sender with consciousness attached? I can Mm -hmm. let that go now. If it gets heavier after the question, who does this belong to? What is the lie I bought into? Because my natural state as an infinite being is space, not anxiety, not depression, and not all this heaviness, right? And so what do I have to choose in order to create more of that in my life? So who does this belong to? It's like a really powerful question. That's a beautiful question. All right. So I'm, I've been lovingly calling this part of the conversation, your art of being well. I mean, the podcast is called the art of being well. And we talk about the science and the art of wellness and it's really been this throughout this whole conversation, but I want to know your art of being well. It's, it's, we start off as a, as a rapid fire, but it ends up being a beautiful conversation. That's not so rapid. Are you? (laughs) I don't have to go rapid. (laughs) No, you go as slow as you want. Are you excited for this? It's going to change your life. I'm very excited for this. All right, we're gonna get we're gonna get super clinical nutrition like nutritiony food stuff, which I you know whatever is right for you, whatever is ex- your experience is. There's no wrong answers. What I'm trying to say. All okay, right, cool. if you could only choose one food for survival, completely based on nutrient density, and you wanted oh. to live on this island, what the heck would it be? Oh my gosh. Wow. That's fascinating because I initially I'm going into, well, what is the right choice here? Right. And I'm thinking, what is the right choice? But then I'm also considering that just because what we've learned is the correct, most nutrient dense thing, the way I perceive the food is really going to affect how it's digested. And so I'm like, what do I really love? I mean, something that could feel sustainable is probably some amazing 
you know, mixed fruit spinach smoothie with, you know, other great things in it. But then the first thing that came to mind was like, you know what? I'd love a breakfast taco. Honestly, (laughs) that's what I want. That's sustainable. It's an avocado and some onions, cilantro, whatever. You could get a lot of, yeah, you could get avocado in there. You could get some, a lot of nutrient dense foods in that breakfast taco. Cassava tortilla. I know low inflammation, you know. Yeah. Yeah, You know my language. You know my language. (laughs) We were talking about before we got on, started recording picnic in Austin, love that restaurant. They use cassava flour tortillas too. They're freaking amazing. Um, all right, next question. If you had to eat, this maybe you answered this question already, but no, it, let's go with a different one. If you only had to eat one food for the rest of your life, regardless of health benefits, like purely on instinctive taste, what would it be? Avocado came to mind first, wow. just because, I mean, if I had a little salt though, too, or everything bagel sneezing would be great, but I just, I just love avocado. It's just, it uh, feels so sustainable and soothing something about the texture of when they're just ripe for that one second of a yeah. day <laughs> that they're perfect, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love it too. I mean, it's fiber. We got monounsaturated fats. Okay. We got B vitamins, good stuff. love it all right. You know how I do it is a little salt. And I put some hot sauce on, in it. Mm. Do you ever do mm-hmm. that? It's mm-hmm. so good. So good. Like lemon or something? Oh, yeah. Lemon, lime. So good. All right. Next question. What, and if it's okay, if it, there's zero, because this isn't necessarily your world, but I have a feeling you'll have it. some answers. What are two supplements that have been the biggest changers for you personally? B vitamins, a complex B vitamin, mainly because, you know, when I first started being with a functional medicine doc, probably back in... 2012 or something, I was super low and be like, I was on birth control and all those things that they were giving me shots just to boost me back up. Mm -hmm. And so I got off that and just it night and day changed my mood and my energy. So that, and then I would say vitamin D as well, just huge for immune and mood. And so I, I often ask my clients, have you gotten your labs run? What are your D B levels? Cause that's something that's not always checked in traditional Western medicine. Yeah. Great. Two great ones. Any specific type of B complex that you like or? Um, I, uh, I, it's vital gardens or something that's like okay. food based. Garden grade. of life, garden of life, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. That one is what yeah. I'm familiar with. Good one. Yeah. Love it. You know, um, if you got something else though. <laughs> yeah, no, those are good. I, I honestly, th- we released the collection because of that. Okay. People kept asking us, well, what are like the basic, like core stuff that pretty much mm-hmm. everybody could benefit from? And it's like be complex for methylation, which you need for brain health and immune health, like you said, and vitamin D with K2, like brain is rich with vitamin D receptor sites. Those are definitely two on my list as well. All right, next one. What is your latest non-food, non-supplement wellness tool or even biohack if you're into that? What's the latest thing you're into? I'm going to say bars actually, because I learned it a long time ago and then kind of paused and did all these other sorts of things. And now I've just really made it a priority to do bars and other body processes regularly with access. And so to me, I mean, other folks have said, oh my God, your face looks different. Your energy is different because literally it's treating it from the root, the energy changing that in my body. So for me, that's like the biggest flex, the biggest biohack is how can I manage my energy or shift it? So it's functioning at optimal level. So out of all the tools that you talked about, EFT tapping, you've talked about the dancing, but you're saying that running the bars probably is the top of the list for regulating the nervous system. It definitely creates the most space. I will say, I mean, when you're more activated, you need something that is going to really get that energy out, which it might be tapping or dancing if you're feeling really dysregulated. So it's helpful for bars to already be at some sort of regulated state. But for me, it's the real MVP because it just, I start to understand concepts and consciousness at an embodied level. Mm -hmm. It's one thing to know something it's a totally different for your body to understand it. Mm-hmm. I just get a sense there's just so much wisdom in the body that's at a nonverbal level that I'm doing such a, you know, giving my body such a gift when mm-hmm. I'm spending time doing this. Yeah, I, I hear you. And, and, and in a way, it's like the, the breathing techniques and EFT and the dancing is something you can do on your own. Mm-hmm. So that is an important thing. You need something you Absolutely. can do on your own. But the running the bar is you have to get a practitioner, which is great as well. All right. What is one wellness myth or anything in your space within wellness? Doesn't have to be my wellness. What's one wellness myth you would like to dispel? 
that you can't heal. Mm. I mean, just as simple as that. I think coming from the belief or the option that healing is always possible leaves the door open to create it. Because if we decide this is chronic, this is the way it is, I mean, then it shall be true. Mm. Like for instance, I mean, I have scoliosis. I've had it for my entire life since I was five. And it's something I'm constantly trying to look at. What is that energetically? And to me, I hold, I hold the belief that someday it could, it could heal. And what, what would that look like? Would I be willing to be open to that possibility? Would I even allow that into my reality? And I don't know, maybe it won't happen. And because I've left the door open, at least it's a potential. Mm-hmm. So d- this is interesting because the what I'm hearing from you is language and the way that we are, even if we're not explicitly saying, I'm not open to healing, I do find that in the community, in the autoimmune world specifically. Some people, it's like they are so traumatized by their physical symptoms yeah, and they're just filled with so much hopelessness and dread that they... That's very true for them. So what, what, what's a language shift and an intention shift that people can start to make to leave that door open? Is it as simple as just saying, I keep the door open? But what does that yeah. practice look like? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, kind of they brought up that idea again of attention. Where is your attention? And if it's on your symptoms and sickness, then we create more of that. So staying in question would you know, kind of transmute that. Hmm. What else is possible here? What could I choose that I haven't considered before? What else could I create here? What could I choose that's different, right? Already it's just, you're not going into some raw, raw BS that you're telling yourself like, I'm going to be fine tomorrow. I'm better, you know, no, because you won't believe that, right? And so you have to go into what you will embody. Mm -hmm. Okay, what else is possible here? What could I create with this? Mm -hmm. An already space possibility. Mm -hmm. I've heard people, you mentioned the rah-rah and like do something you don't believe. I've heard it being said in the space of this concept of toxic positivity. Is there such a Mm -hmm. thing as toxic positivity and what what is it? Mm -mm -mm. I mean... I got a sense of like a lot comes up with that. Cause on one hand, you know, I can definitely appreciate the idea of toxic positivity is when we're bypassing or just ignoring, you know, the emotions that come up. Ultimately our bodies do need to thunderstorm. They just need to release, right? Our bodies need to cry. They just need to move energy, but that's not necessarily our being, our being sense, perceive, know, be, and receive. And that's a very different state. So technically our being doesn't need to emote. It's like our bodies need to emote. So Mm. be an allowance of your body emoting and what else can you choose? Right. Cause to me, staying stuck on where your attention is in the negativity is actually not helpful, right? It's the way I teach people to journal is okay. Yeah. Brain dump, let it out. And then what else can you tell yourself? Is Mm -hmm. it a question? Is it an affirmation that's believable, right? You want to reach for a better feeling, better feeling. Mm -hmm. And so it really is just kind of depends on the person, how long they spend in that state. Because again, if we're manifesting constantly, then where our attention is, is quite powerful. Mm -hmm. I've heard people talk about it so much on the show from guests of journaling, this concept of journaling. Mm -hmm. So is that another way that you really have found to be beneficial for people that have dysregulated nervous systems? Yeah. I mean, in the sense, like, like where it could start in one place of if someone's thoughts are creating stress and anxiety, right. Where your attention is in your mind, then being able to reprogram that through writing, hypnosis, whatever, whatever works for you, then yes, it like inadvertently can help regulate your nervous Mm -hmm. system, right? If you're kind of reprogramming how you're thinking about things. Mm -hmm. Got it. All right. What is one wellness brand? It could be a food, it could be a snack, it could be a product, like whatever that you've really been digging lately. I love Malk. Malk. Yeah. So I get their oat milk because I love it. It's like gluten-free oats, water, and salt. And I mean, I could probably make it, but I'd rather buy it. Uh, So I literally- you say it, it's so simple. I I can make it my- So I'll make like, I mean, I'll put it in my decaf coffee because regular caffeine makes me too jittery. Um, or I do like an iced matcha. Most days I'll have a matcha, hot or iced. And so that's like my jam. Do a cold foam mock, but I that's what it. I'm loving. I mean, that's my brand for life. <laughs> I love it. It is clean. It's super clean. None of the gums, none of the carrageenans. Oh no. God. Yeah. yeah. 
All right. What is one spiritual, and we've talked about this a lot. Mm-hmm. So maybe if you have a different one, but if it's the same one, if it's your favorite, I want this to be what it is. What's yeah. the one spiritual or mindfulness practice that has helped you the most? Yeah, it's going to, it's going to be bars ultimately. Cause it's yeah. just, it's what's created the most change. I mean, certainly everything else has had its place. I've like learned emotion code, neuro-linguistic programming, EFT tapping. I mean, I've learned all these things and, and, and they've all been a contribution, but yet mm-hmm. the bars and even the body processes within access has contributed the most. So that's what I'm sharing with folks these beautiful days. Beautiful and beautiful. So real fast, cause you mentioned EFT, what, where, where can people go to learn more about that? And maybe it's, it's on your channels. I'm sure you teach a lot about it and also breath work too. People are going to want resources for that. And we can put the links in the bio. So I have a link in my bio is I have a free tap for worry. Um, so an EFT tap for worry. So people can sign up and get that free. It's like a seven minute video of me guiding you through it. I also love Brad Yates on YouTube. He has tons of EFT tappings. And then for breath work, Wim Hof. I mean, who else can, yeah. you know, he's, like he's the man, king of breath. Know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the king of breathing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, what a st- sad state of our culture that we need a king of breathing. I know. <laughs> rest of our not doing oh, it properly. Teach me how to breathe. Yeah. <laughs> please teach me. Yeah. All right. What is, oh, here, here's the question. And this may not be your jam, but if you only could use one skincare product, a lot of people on the pod that listen to the pod like to know about this stuff. Yeah. What would that skincare product be? Yeah. You know what? The bulk of my stuff is beauty counter. Cause I'm just looking, I'm, I know I can trust them. They're clean. Yeah. So my um, skincare is from there. My makeup is from there. And so I just, I really trust them and you know, yeah. Beauty counter. Good stuff. Yeah. All right. What is one book that you've read in the last year that has really inspired you? It doesn't have to be in your space. It could be any space. Like what is that book? I'm really coming back to a book called living beyond distraction. It's by Gary Douglas within the access consciousness framework, because it describes this reality very differently in the sense of we get distracted by what they call distractor implants. And so they describe things as like guilt, shame, blame, regret, anger, fury, just all these things as actually, actually distractor implants. Now this is completely different than how I learned them in psychology is the feeling and you need to process it and all sorts of things. Yet this is so much faster to see it. Okay, cool. This is a distraction created in this reality matrix that we're in. Mm -hmm. What else could I choose? right? Immediately, it just creates change so fast. It's just fascinating if folks are open to a different perspective. I love that. That's great. And it, uh, let's go beyond even the past year. I, I'm curious to know, because it seems yeah. like you're really digging in. It, you you know so much about this, and I know people are going to be hungry for this information. What is, if people want to learn more about this, these concepts, what's sort of some textbook Bibles, if you will, in this space? Okay. So living beyond distraction, they have 10 keys to total freedom. What else? The other have like right body for you, right? Recovery for you are some really amazing books. Money too, like how to become money workbook is amazing. It's all based on creating, seeing money as energy. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so, so those are some of the main ones, certainly on their website, accessconsciousness.com. They have tons of different, you know, information and they have a podcast and uh, all these classes and whatnot. But bars is the first class that you have to take before you can take any of the other classes. Got it. So I'm on my way to be a certified facilitator in that modality. Beautiful. Yeah. My friend, Dr. Janine Kraft, this has been a really special conversation. Thanks so much for being on The Art of Being Well. Oh, I'm honored. I'm so grateful to have been on here and had this conversation with you. Thank you so much. At the end of every episode, I'll be answering a question from one of you guys. Nothing is off limits. Ask me anything. And you can send your questions over to me on Instagram or Facebook. As a functional medicine practitioner, it's been fun seeing the questions that have already come in on different food philosophies, wellness trends, and ways to approach overall mental, emotional, and physical health and well-being. Thanks for those. And I'm looking forward to seeing what else is on your mind. Now it's time for another Ask Me Anything. Today's question is from Jessica. Jessica asks, Hi, Dr. Wilkel. What are your thoughts on alcohol? Can it be part of a healthy lifestyle or not? And if so, what's a healthy amount? (laughs) I'm laughing because I get asked this question a lot with patients, certainly newer patients on social media 
and on podcasts. People ask me a lot. Hosts want to know. <laughs> so here is my functional medicine perspective on alcohol and specifically my personal opinion as well. Look, for patients, that's what this whole podcast is about. There's a science and art to wellness. Can it be part of a healthy lifestyle or not? Yes. In small amounts for some people, it can be. And the human body is amazingly resilient and can handle some stress, but let's call it what it is. I mean, alcohol is not a health food. It is a neurotoxin. There's no sugarcoating it. It's definitely, I think, a problem within the wellness world, the glamorization of it, the normalization of it. I really think it's a problem um, that we try to normalize something that's not ultimately healthy. But at the same time, the reality is alcohol is not healthy, but humans can eat and drink lots of things that aren't healthy and they can still overall be very healthy because most of what they do is healthy and working for them. Everybody has different tolerances for these things, but I do think that problems with alcohol exist on a spectrum and you don't don't have to be officially diagnostically labeled as an alcoholic to have a problem with alcohol meaning that it is a coping mechanism it is a crutch it is you are self-medicating uh, with alcohol so i i'm oftentimes seeing with newer patients sort of the sort of mental emotional coping mechanism with alcohol that's very unhealthy and very unsustainable for sustainable health. And I would say too, uh, I see a lot of relationships, friendships. I see a lot of marriages and relationships that are centered around alcohol. It's the only way that they know to interact and have a relationship with people. And that's also not, uh, I think, ultimately healthy. I think it's really a saboteur when that thing's not there they don't know how to live their life normally. So that's sort of the mental emotional side from a health standpoint that I'm seeing in functional medicine, which I am not a fan of. And also from a health standpoint, as I mentioned, alcohol is a neurotoxin. It is not healthy. And some people can have toxins and things that are unhealthy in small amounts and they're fine. I mean, that's what hormesis is, right? That hormetic effect, that good stress. Sometimes small amounts of a stressful thing is all right. But I, I really, really would want to highlight some of the studies out there. I mean, one study, it was published, I think, in the British medical journal, BMJ, said drinking just one to two glasses of wine a day can lead to degeneration in the hippocampal area of the brain, which is essential for learning and memory. This is a 30-year study, yes, published in the British medical journal. So that's just one study. And in that study, they they found that people who drank more than four drinks daily were six times more likely to have brain degeneration compared to non-drinkers. And people who drank one to two drinks had three times the risk. The study also found no health benefits from light drinking and drinking more was associated with the damage of the two hemispheres of the brain communicating correctly. So the whole like old... Um, like 1990s, early 2000s sort of uh, idea it was resveratrol and antioxidants. You have to drink so much to even get the therapeutic benefits of these antioxidants. There are a lot safer, more nutrient-dense, healthier ways to get antioxidants like resveratrol. So don't kid yourself. Uh, it's not providing you any benefits from an antioxidant standpoint. So what is your most effective option that's causing you the least amount of damage? That's where my mind goes to in functional medicine. So can you have small amounts of alcohol? If you have a healthy relationship with it, Sure. Um, but I see more problems with it than I see benefits for most people. And I honestly think a lot of my patients when I'm first meeting them, it's one of those things they don't really want to uh, go to. They don't want really want to look at that area of their life because they're not ready to give it up. But they know subconsciously, intuitively, it's really not doing them any favors. And it's part of the process that I'm working with them to really look at these these areas that are in the nooks and crannies of their life that when they're, the light is shined on it, they can really get rid of it and take their health to the next level. So that's where my mind goes to for most people, organic, biodynamic, regenerative, low alcohol wine that's third-party tested for things like mold and other contaminants like dry farm wines. That's the only thing I recommend for people who can handle this stuff. 
check out the conversation with Todd White if you haven't listened to this because it, I really we talk about it at length in that episode. And uh, like even hard kombucha, I think can be decent as well. Um, And we've had different sponsors on the podcast because again, I recommend these things to patients who as a functional medicine practitioner, I have to be pragmatic and realize not everybody's going to be completely sober. Uh, So let's give them pragmatically the least offensive option when it comes to alcohol. It's a great question. Thanks again for listening to The Art of Being Well. If you have a chance, please rate and review the podcast here. And if you like what you're hearing, hit follow and pass it along to a friend. To see more, head to drwillcole.com podcast. I'll be back again next Thursday, and I hope you will too. Talk soon. <laughs>